Hey everyone, welcome back to my Blacadian universe. So recently, uh, here in Canada, um, in Montreal, Montreal, uh, a a pharmacy basically sectioned off uh, due to COVID nineteen um, black hair products and deemed them non essential. And uh, I want to talk about it. So I, I know, um, so the situation was that they, because of additional lockdown measures, a lot of stores um, that are selling, you know, non-essential products have been asked to, you know, close completely or sort of make sure that those items in the store are not for sale. And uh, of course, <laughs> the black hair care products in this pharmacy um, were, you know, sectioned off with a big swath of tape and like a sign on it saying, you know, you're not allowed to buy this anymore because it's not essential. And um, there, uh, there's just so much. Okay, so, you know, of course, um, they got called out and they've since apologized. And, you know, why, if you're wondering, why is this such a big deal? It's a big deal for so many reasons. Well, if you're not familiar with um, Canadian history, Quebec and Montreal, um, they have a racism problem. Frankly, um, you know, they used to be, if you're familiar with um, immigration, you know, back in the day, a lot of immigrants came through to Montreal. Um, and that was in large part because, um, you know, they made it more welcoming there. Um, it was good for the economy and business. And that was, you know, a little while ago. And then things changed and uh, it then moved over to Ontario, another province or, you know, it's sort of like a state um, here in in Canada and basically they drove immigration out and you know they're into you know French and separatism you know look it up uh, the point is um, there's um, I guess sort of a openly racist um, culture there where you know anything that's not French francophone is sort of the other and they're not into it um, so you know obviously um, we should be supporting black owned businesses um, there's lots of uh, excellent um, black hair care products created and you know owned and sold by you know black people which you know is my go-to um unfortunately you know i for, i'm fortunate enough to live in a big metropolis of tarana and uh you know these are easily access accessible to me um but for some people you do have to rely on like a pharmacy um if you don't have access to um you know maybe you know, get these products elsewhere. So, um, it's, it's just another layer, um, you know, sort of deeming these, first of all, I've always had an issue, <laughs> I should mention, just back it up again. 
I've always had an issue with how black hair care products are carried in, you know, big box stores. Um, when people don't understand that, you know, whiteness is ingrained in our culture and everything else is other, you just need to look at your the hair care aisle in a big box store and you'll see that like, you know, they have the shampoo that's hair care products that are usually used by white people and then you'll have like a narrow strip at the end of the aisle filled with all of the um hair care products for black people like it's segregated in the damn aisle and it's always just been a and i and i always thought like it you know just being you have to laugh or you're gonna cry i'd always find it kind of hilarious that like they had to segregate the black stuff in the store and i'm like you know you can group shampoos there you know the the the, the bottles with like the big um you know people on it with afros can actually touch you know the product the you know protecting blonde hair they they can touch each other it's not going to cause some sort of you know uh war i i don't know i just always thought it was funny that they had to make sure that they were people were going to be so confused or upset or someone will come in and see an afro and faint when they're buying their shampoo um you know when i look for shampoo it would be nice if it was where all the other shampoo is. It's just a small little step, um, you know, that um, can be done to, you know, normalize blackness to make me feel less of an other in my everyday life. If you're listening, big box store people, even if you, you know, work there, just mix them up. Try suggesting it at a meeting, you know, um, or, you know, writing an email to say, you know what, Let's, uh, mix it up. Let's try and switch things up a little. So, yeah, the fact that they're segregated is not ideal. Um, <laughs> so uh, the the point is that, you know, you're going there. You have to go to this special section. And then to go to the store, it's already COVID. Everyone's stressed. You're in the store. You don't want to be there. Um you know, you're trying to get in and out as quickly as you can. And you have like this big X uh, over your products that basically say you're not welcome. It's basically saying that your needs, your care are deemed unessential. You're an unessential person. That's the message that's received by someone who was going into that store to try and take care of themselves was that, you know, you're not, you don't get to have what you need to take care of yourself because you're black and you know do I believe that it was a mistake eh. you know I <laughs> just I've lived um in Canada um you know I we have I have family in Montreal you know um I know that it there had there's more to it. I I'm not that it's so tricky about 
racism, this new face of racism um, that I've talked about before, it's more subtle. And that action was wrong because, you know, it made someone feel like they couldn't get what they need. And if you're a white person listening to this and you're thinking, oh, it's, you know, not a big deal, um, just think if you went to go there and, you know, they just put a, you know, they said that you weren't allowed to buy um, your shampoo because, you know, you didn't need to wash your hair for the next month or so, however long this lockdown is going to last, this second round of lockdowns, you know, you just be like, yeah, you didn't need to really wash your hair. And, you know, that's what they were saying. That's the message they sent. Um, it's just that you aren't essential. And it's seemingly a little thing, but it's something that we feel as as a black people um, all the time. And it was just a... an insensitive racist action and of course it was quickly rectified and I think of how things are so different now and I think it's gotten obviously a lot of attention um but I I have to think that even like a couple of years ago I, I don't even know if this would have made national news because um, it would have just been swept under the rug of, you know, oh, you know, not a big deal. And just another way of, you know, some of the racism that daily racism that we're expected to eat (laughs) and just, you know, get over it. Um, I like that it sort of sparked a bigger discussion on, you know, these microaggressions these daily um, daily subtle racist actions that black people and people of color have to endure. So I wanted to end on a personal and uh, quite hilarious uh, story. So uh, I think at the beginning of COVID, I, I mentioned just about how for a lot of um, black women you know um there's like the debate of you know uh natural hair relaxed hair just you know general hair care is a big issue for black women uh black people in general it's um you know our natural hair is sort of you know a sign of black power and just um i use it um as a uh a message i you know i occupy a lot of white space in my job and i use it as a statement that i love capital l being black and uh, it's powerful it makes me feel powerful and i embrace it and um you know canadians are very polite you know they have polite racism here so it makes a lot of people uncomfortable and i kind of have to admit i love it um so (laughs) that's just me on a power trip but i love it and um so i use it as a form of self-expression as many people do when you dye your hair purple or whatever you know but it's part of our identity and i use it because 
um, you know, I use it to just showcase I love being black. And I also, you know, because I use it that way, I talk about how I protect it. And sometimes, you know, especially in winter with the dryness, I tend to gravitate to, you know, using hair extensions or, you know, even weaves um, in my hair. And um, with COVID, um, it's actually been nice. I've had, uh, I have the luxury of working from home. And so I have a lot of time to, you know, take care of myself. And that involves, you know, uh, hair care. So I've been really enjoying like taking some extra time, some deep conditioning time and not feeling rushed to have to do it on my hair. So um, I actually recently I've um, in, uh, installed uh, faux locks. Um, and uh I've never had them before and I'm loving it. But, and, um, you know, so it's lots of fun and I'm enjoying that uh, as my protective style for my hair right now. And something I've, uh, my girlfriends and I talk about all the time is that, you know, when you're black and you get your protective style in or you change your hair, um, you know, the worst part of it is going into the office uh into work you know into um and where i work it just happens to be a predominantly um, white space and sometimes like with most of my girlfriends as well and the questions and the comments that you're going to have to endure from your white colleagues and you can't be you know too mean because you do have to see these people every day but you're gonna have to encounter some racist crap and you know <laughs> we just talk about it like oh my god you know we'd often like text each other and be like oh i just got my hair done it's gonna be a fun day on monday and um so here i am uh you know put my uh locks in on the weekend and monday rolls around and um you know i'm doing some zoom calls and nothing nothing nobody has said a word. I went through this entire uh, week. Um, I've had them for a week, about a week now and nobody said anything. Not even a, I like your hair. It's just phenomenal. It's the first time in my life that this has ever happened. And I just wanted to share because I find it's hilarious. And I, I know exactly what's happened. You know, the popularity of you know the black lives movement uh over uh this past year has really educated a lot of white people on the subtlety of uh you know racism the fact that you know asking and being so fascinated by black hair just ain't cool and, you know, I think a lot of people saw themselves in that. And it's just, that's growth. That's change. That's meaningful to me. To me, it made me feel, uh, well, frankly, I think there has to be a happy medium. I think if, you know, a white person dyed their hair, uh, you know, shocking color or did get locks, it would be a little weird. But you know what I mean? There would be conversation about it. But I, I just found it hilarious that it was off limits to me as a black woman that they just went like they were zipped up about it they were completely silent so yeah i think um 2021 has been so far a um uh 
interesting year so far, you know, with all the events happening in the Capitol um, in uh, Washington. And then, you know, um, you know, we've been hoping for a, a brighter year. And, you know, with my uh, change of hair story and, uh, you know, people knowing enough to you know, be silent on it, uh, is a start. It's, uh, giving me, giving me hope that change is coming. Equality, uh, true equality is coming. Um, that people can change, that people can listen with an open heart and want to do better. And, um, you know, that makes me smile. That is, uh, that is the dream. That is the hope. So, uh, thank you so much for, uh, joining me and I will talk to you next time.